Welcome back, Coffin Bond listeners. We're here, podcast 67. Tony and Jamie again in the hot seats. Um, special guest next week. Well, not really a special guest, but we'll we'll bring in someone from inside the firm to have a chat with you. But today, um, I guess in the world we're living in Melbourne, another lockdown, um, another six weeks and dealing with that. But what we thought we'd talk about with that happening is, is business, business owners, entrepreneurs, um, and what makes them successful. And I think... You know, during these times, you need a lot of these things that we'll talk about today to be successful and to push through. In, in saying that, Jamie, I'd like to do a special shout out to one of our very successful entrepreneurial clients who gave you and I a real tick of approval uh, last week. Uh, said he loves these, so we know. I know he's listening, and that's Wayne Walsh. It is. It was so, good to see that email. Wayne, it was a beautiful email. Jamie was quite chuffed. I think. I think he's framed that and stuck it on his wall. So it's uh, We've got listeners. So well, yeah. So Wayne, Jamie is thrilled that we now know that you're the one. I know. So now, uh, now I know why I get locked in a room with you for half an hour, or via Skype or Zoom. Every it's worth. It's, it's worthwhile, worth isn't it? It's worthwhile. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you sincerely for that feedback. But look, today we are talking entrepreneurs. Um, and I guess we put them under business owners, but you've sort of got five key categories that you believe um, makes a good entrepreneur. Yeah, listen, I do believe, I believe these are the five real ingredients to make an entrepreneur. And this isn't just my thought process, Jamie. As you know, I study entrepreneurs um, going back to the Industrial Revolution. I'm not going to go and touch on that again. So it's, uh, but in, in saying that, I do study entrepreneurs, but these are five key factors that realistically shine out on on our really successful entrepreneurs that I've seen. Yep. Um, and I think it's I think it's it's really important because you know we have done an entire podcast based on entrepreneurship, but one of the things is of course being an entrepreneur can actually be a very lonely uh, time as well. You know, I'm a serial entrepreneur for 28 years. Um, still involved in several businesses, as you know. I mean, as usually as a shareholder, yeah. uh, not actually running the business. But um, you know, of course, this business we have set very strict entrepreneurial goals and um, and to achieve it. And I think you know we surround ourselves with great people. But in saying that, the you know the just details, Leo, who did an interview for us, the Wayne Walshers, who we just mentioned, uh, you know Dave Walsh, uh, Dave Ankram, um, these these are people, you know uh, the builders, John Rossi and Pat Caputo, they, these are guys who do share all of these uh, these five traits as well, which is the reasons why they're successful. And don't worry if I didn't mention your name; it doesn't think that doesn't mean I think you're not successful. You are amazingly <laughs> successful people in your own right. Just at the top of your mind. Yeah. Um, we'll start with the first. So you've, you've gone five key categories that you feel that you see these things in people yeah. um, that you've studied and things like that. But your first one we used to have in big red writing at the old office. Um, I've told you you're not allowed to put it up at the new office. I know, it's, <laughs> I know you love it, but passion. I love the fact that, you know, you became a partner. Now I can't do anything anymore, Jamie. I have to listen to you all the time. We've got new colours in here and you want to be big, big bright red again and I know there's no well, way. Well, the, the story behind that in our old office, and once again, it shines through, and you, you know a lot of these clients that I'm talking about, all these SME owners, they are unbelievably passionate about what they do, but they're passionate about life. Yep. They're passionate about their families. They're passionate about their work. They're passionate about the end result of the work they actually do for their clients. And it doesn't matter whether they're a builder or an accountant or a lawyer, um, etc. 
their their sole purpose and what they do is that they're unbelievably passionate about and for those of you who don't know i'm talking about an entire wall which was probably what would you say um i'm six foot two so i'm probably talking about 25 foot uh wide and about I think they were 12 foot ceilings. Yeah, something like that. We had passion in bright red lipstick paint across that back wall. And my philosophy was quite this, it was this, for all of my staff, every morning I'd always said to you, you have to come in here and work with passion. You have to look after our clients with passion. You have to have the passion for what you're wanting to do. So as a reminder, I painted it on the back wall. <laughs> I think it cost me 500 bucks to get it unpainted to bring the office <laughs> back to just a plain white wall. But it, it was worth it for you. It was worth mm-hmm. it. But, but it was just reminding our staff to be passionate about the work they do for their clients. And I think that's the most important part. But when I say passion, it's passionate for about what they do, uh, number one. It's passionate about the results they get. It's passionate about uh, being able to drive down a street and say, you know, son, we built that house, we built that building, we built this. It's passionate about uh, their family. It's passionate about their football team. You know, it's passionate about going and watching their kids play sport. It's, it, it, it is actually something that goes through in all parts of their lives yep. um, as well. So not just passion for business, but passion for life. We were having a chat here for about 15 minutes before we started. Um, I was saying that I was reading Shoe Dog. Uh, from Phil Knight, the Nike yeah. owner. So, yeah. but it was interesting. You know, he sort of talks about passion at the start of his book and how mad people thought he was, as he sort of explains. In the '60s, no one really went out for a jog, and if you went out for a jog, if you sort of, you know, a, ca- a can of beer would be thrown out the window at you because it was, you know, just frowned upon in a sense. And but he was sort of saying that he was because he was a runner, he was passionate about the shoes that he wore. Just magnificent he runner, actually. Yeah, too. and he was passionate about the runners. So yeah. that's, you know some people may look at your passions in that sense and think they're a bit stupid but to you if you're passionate about it go for it oh absolutely and and i mean you talk about that and you talk about that entrepreneurship back those as as you said earlier in our discussion those were the days there were no venture capital no uh it was very different back then it was basically a case and the story behind him of course was when he got the asic uh tigers tigers sorry um the Tigers contract in Japan, he walked in there, he didn't have any business or anything like that. Uh, they agreed. Uh, his company that he made off the top of his head then rang his dad and said, in Portland, Oregon, and said, can you please just uh, go and register this company called Blue Ribbon Enterprises? Um, and then on top of that, I said, oh, by the way, can you loan me 500 bucks? Because uh, I needed to be able to buy the sample shoes to be able to bring back. Now, as I did state to you, if I got a phone call from Josh in Japan, because the equivalent's about 10 grand, he said, Dad, I've got this great business idea. I'm going to bring some runners back to Australia because they'll really take off. Can you loan me 10 grand? I would have said, have a nice holiday and hung up on him. So, <laughs> so obviously he was passionate enough for his father to be able to back him and believe him. Yeah. Uh, and as a result, you know, one of the most successful companies of all time. The next one you've got listed down here is motivation. Yeah, you know... We, we've often spoken about that seven minutes of motivation, haven't we? Yeah. Where, you know, and it's our great friend, uh, Peter Turin uh, from Black Belt and Excellence, uh, one of the most motivated guys, always motivated, you know, thank God he doesn't drink red cordial. Uh, but in saying that, though, he's someone who's purposely and just always switched on and motivated about getting the best results. But you can't just have seven minutes of inspiration and motivation and expect to get a great result from that. So, you know, if if you want to lose weight, you can't be inspired to do a workout uh, once yeah. and then say, well, geez, I didn't like lose four kilos. 
I really hurt, I'm not doing that again, and expect to actually get the results. Or, yeah, that's my problem. Yeah, so it's, uh, I'm still waiting to go for that bike ride with you. Yeah, one day. So it's, um, but in saying that though, it, you know, motivation is, is actually in some ways driven by passion, but motivation is that motivation to get out of bed every morning at 5 a.m that motivation to do the things that you need to do to be able to kickstart your morning. I might, me kickstarting my morning is different than the way you do yours or Willard does his. Uh, actually, I, I know Willard uh, meditates as well. So it's, um, but in saying that, it's, it really comes down to that motivation to do it. And what you find with these successful entrepreneurs is that for them, if they set the alarm at five and don't get up, for them, that's a failure. It's a personal failure because they set that target and that goal to do that. So for them, not doing it is actually a personal failure in a way. Uh, for them, when they set their goals on doing stuff, um, you know, and that motivation can be, you know, I, I openly said that I had to change uh, up the way I was doing work because with the extra 10 hours a week in studying that I'm doing right now, I'd, I'd been putting on kilos. Um, a weight and things had given way so I, I had to find that motivation again and to find that motivation again meant I was getting up an hour earlier than what I previously was to be able to do those things so motivation driven by passion is one of the most vital ingredients of all successful entrepreneurs and once again you see it day in day out of all the people that you catch up with uh, who are successful no matter what they are motivated about doing it and achieving it yeah the next one's optimism keeping optimistic mm. why does this one stand out to you you know the old saying of your glass is you know half empty or half full depends on how you look at it i look at it and say oh thank god i got a drink actually my glass is half yes. half full there isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, but but i think optimism is more about they're not optimistic uh, and what I would say stupidly optimistic. What, they, what these successful entrepreneurs are is they, they're actually a, a great mix of both left and right brain. And what a lot of people don't understand about the entrepreneurs is that they actually are quite analytical, but their creative side... You've just jumped into the next yeah, topic. No, no, but what, the, no, but I'm going to go back to optimism. Okay. Uh, but the thing is, is that a lot of it is actually hidden because of that creative side, because of the passion. and Because a lot of people think of analytical as being somebody who is, you know thick rimmed glasses sit in front of a computer screen and typing out an algorithm for something that we actually want. But you can find that those people who are doing that or someone who says, my God, how does he actually know that? You know, and he's, whatever that is, is said with such passion and with such motivation. What people don't know is these, they're actually very analytical. So they actually do think these things through and actually study them up prior to saying it. So when they give an answer, they know the answer is accurate but they're given it with the passion and motivation that it actually deserves as well. So, and they are optimistic. So when they're optimistic about, so for example, you know, I have my optimistic views on say the US economy as yep. an example. That's not just me keeping my fingers crossed and saying, I hope. That's me looking at all the negative press or the positive press, where companies are, you know, where the unicorns have been exposed to swimming naked and, you know, and, that is the term of a company that has a billion dollar valuation, not I believe in unicorns, <laughs> so it's, uh, but have a billion dollar valuation, but realistically no earnings. So when you actually have a look at that, these companies are 
truly optimistic about what they are going to achieve. And these entrepreneurs are striving every day and motivated every day. And it doesn't matter how many times they get hit, they're still getting up every single day to do what they want to do because they are so optimistic that that end result will come. And it doesn't come easily. And all the most successful entrepreneurs in the world have been put flat on their backside numerous occasions. So you talked, you talked before at the start of optimism as well about, you know, I guess left brain, right brain, but the creativity side of things. Yeah, so I find the most successful entrepreneurs are people who do have an analytical side but hide it extremely well. Yeah. Um, and they actually are creative. And what I mean by creativity is they can see a lot of things that other people don't see. It's not a case of just doing here's the way it's always been done, so I'm just going to do it, but I'm going to do it slightly cheaper and get slightly more clients. Yeah. It's a case of how can this actually be done That you know, and actually looking at ways of building something for whatever it is their business is to actually do it. So, for example, a lot of our clients with this COVID-19 lockdowns have been hit quite hard uh, in respect to what's been going on and their industry, as an example, has been hit quite hard. So as a result, you find the most successful people is has been put on their backside again, uh, but it doesn't mean they're not getting up every morning thinking, okay, what else can I do to start building this? And a lot of entrepreneurs with their creativity do have several different income streams coming into their business and not just reliant on the one thing as and an always, example. And always seeking for opportunities. Always. And they're, they're happy to look at opportunities as well. So they will look at opportunities and say, is this, is this an opportunity? Is this something I want? And they, as much as they will go with their gut feeling, their gut feeling is usually backed by statistics and fact. And I've often said to some of the younger ones in this office, you can't lose a debate if you walk into that debate with all the facts that back up your thought process. But secondly, have gone and had a look at all the negatives of what people will throw at you as well. Some critical thinking. Absolute critical thinking. So yeah. the last one, which I think a lot of people relate to entrepreneurs, is risk takers. Yeah, and, you know, so when I say risk takers here, Jamie, I don't mean adrenaline junkies. So as an example, I'm not talking about a risk taker who is someone who is going to go and their whole life cannot operate unless they're jumping out of planes with parachutes or standing on the edge of a cliff, um, you know, facing certain death. Or I saw one the other day, nearly made me sick. I had to turn off the TV virtually, and he's climbing this huge, you know, sheer face, flat face, no rope. <laughs> and he's like three quarters of the way up, and I'm just thinking, that is insane. <laughs> that, you know, so that is just absolutely... He was obviously really good at what he yeah. did, but this was, to, yeah, but it, it would have it would have taken him motivated and optimistic. Would have taken him, it would have been like the coyote on the coyote roadrunner cartoons. It would have taken him thirty five seconds to hit the bottom. He's so far up, but he, there was there was nothing attaching him yeah. you know, to that base. So I'm not when I say risk take, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about these guys who once again they're analytical, they're creative, and they look at actually going out there and um, building stuff looking at all the downside potential when looking at taking that risk. Yeah. No differently what a bank does before they loan you money. They're looking at is, okay, we're going to loan you money and depending on what risk we think you are, we're going to charge you interest. If we think you're higher risk, we're going to charge you a higher interest rate. 
If we think you're lower risk and we want more business off you, we're going to charge you a lower interest rate. If we think you are horrid risk, we're not going to give you the money. You're just wasting our time. They look at that risk analysis of how secure is their money. Yeah. What else can be put up to? And, and that's what these business owners do. They say, here's an opportunity. I'm going to take a risk in doing this and I'm going to go out there to do this because of, or I can create, or listen, I think that I can buy this by dying business and by putting in our stuff, go and build it up significantly you know, over time. So, you know, as, as I've often said to you, I won't go and buy into a business at its peak um, because, you know, I'll look at a business and I'll say, I believe this is far off its peak, but look at the owner, motivated, passionate, creative, uh, optimistic, optimistic, uh, really very optimistic <laughs> if you're asking me for money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, um, but, but that's, that's where I look at it. And, you know, I was, talking about a friend of mine not so long ago who um, I have invested in his startup, in his business. And I made the comment when, do you want to do this? When I was asked that and I said, listen, as far as I'm concerned, I'll back him because I know he's passionate about this. He's motivated about this. He's unbelievably optimistic about what will happen with it. Uh, and he is creative. It is something that is done in renewable energy in an area that hasn't really been done the way he structured it. Um, so, you know, would I usually invest in something like this? Absolutely not, but I'm backing him. Yep. Um, but also in respect to my risk analysis of it was I invested enough into that money that if it works financially, I'll be very happy. Now, even if it's 50% of his target, I'll be very happy. But if it fails, I haven't invested so much money that it will cost a friendship. Yeah. Uh, but I've backed him, not because I like him as a friend because I know that he's passionate about what he's doing. And I've said, you know, it'll either be a great, it'll either be a great success or it will fail, but it won't fail uh, through, you know, him not working his backside off to make it the great success that it can be, you know, as well. So, so based on that, that's what you look at with these entrepreneurs uh, when it comes to investing. And that's what we do with the companies we invest in as well you know so it doesn't matter whether it's you know phil knight and nike uh, i think he stepped down now from the board in total but he's still you know a multi-billionaire but it doesn't matter you know we, we have some exposure to nike um you know <laughs> as much as he irks me like he can't imagine uh elon musk um we have some investment in tesla <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh but you know the guy is an amazing entrepreneur you know i often say like a certain president of a country that we don't have to name just take their twitter accounts off them <laughs> so it's um you know the world would be a far, world would be a better place world would be a better place but in saying that you know elon musk an amazing entrepreneur steve jobs an amazing entrepreneur bill gates an amazing entrepreneur and a lot of these people have done so much back for the community as well, yeah. uh, in general. So in everything that's actually been done. But I just want to touch on a couple of other things, if that's okay. And that is that I think there's a few things that is also another standout with all these entrepreneurs. And that is they rank honesty and loyalty above anything else. So uh, honesty uh, and being upfront uh, their staff with them, you know, in respect to being honest. And what you've also got is the loyalty, you know, so they reward their greatest people. And what you actually see, and I know this is the case with Wayne Walsh, one of his guys has been with Wayne for like 20 years. Uh, and Wayne has rewarded him and he's always stuck around because this guy has worked his butt off for Wayne 
and as a result, you know, he's been rewarded. I see that uh, with Leo Mameso and Michael Kalida at uh, Just Tea Towers. You know, Michael has been there, uh, you know, um, not long after Leo started, and you have a look at Michael, and Leo has all the faith and trust in the world in him, and the loyalty that has been shown in return has been exceptional. Yeah. They're the type of things I've seen it with Dave Ancrum, you know, so as well. And these are the things that you see with these companies is they surround themselves with honest and loyal people as well. And one last thing that I also seen too, all of them thrive on relationships. They, they're not interested in bullshit. They're not interested in being butted up to, you know. So one of my clients, Richard, I really, uh, who I sit on his advisory board, and I, I had a go at him, you know, so uh, probably about three months ago. And he said, wow. Uh, and I had a go at him. It was over a business decision. Uh, and I had a go at him over that. And he said, you know what, that was, that was the... I said on his advisory board, he pays me to be on his advisory board. He doesn't need fluff from me. You know, he pays me to actually see it uh, and to say it how I see it as well. And I had to say it, and he said, I never thought of that. Uh, now, it, it was, it, it, it might have been a small smack to his ego, uh, and he certainly gave me pushback, which he should, uh, by all means. But that's why he employed me to actually do that. Yeah. And so what I've also seen with all these people as a result is that they tr- they have not just a trust and loyalty they expect that from all their advisors as well and in return what you've also seen from them is that their relationships are long term they've been with their accountants for 20 years they've been with their lawyers for 20 years uh and they're going to be with us for 50 because i'm living to 105 so it's uh but if you are in there, they know you know that you are in there because they like you, they trust you, you're sharing their passion and motivation and enthusiasm, and they know you're there to help them. And if you continually do the right thing by them, they're with you forever as well. And that's, and that's the greatest thing about why I love working with entrepreneurs during all the hard times and all the good times as well. Yep, so... Tony, uh, yep. thank you for this week. Um, it was good to hear your thoughts and... And what drives you? And what I'm you passionate about yeah, this, and Jamie. See, and what you see in entrepreneurs, but I, I appreciate your time with that. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming up with this topic. <laughs> Talk soon.